good morning. We want to let you know that joy has come to the world. It has come in the form of a little six-pound, eight-ounce baby Jesus. I don't know if that was exact size, but I saw that on a movie, so I figured it would work. Um, um, What's wrong with me? Hey, we're glad you guys are here today. Um, Have you ever got, like, really, 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 really good news? In the course of that good news, it changed everything. Let's say you got a job offer, and like, hey, there's some good news. You got a job offer, and it came with a lot of money, and you knew that money, it could change a lot of things. You could have a bigger house, you could have a nicer car, or you could have, but have you ever got bad news, and it changed everything? Oh, I, I, you, maybe you, you lost your job, or maybe you didn't lose your job. Maybe uh, someone's sick in your family, and because your family was sick, that changed everything about the course of your life. It changed everything. Um, well, this is, we're going to talk about that today because news can change everything, good or bad. It can change absolutely everything. And I want to talk to you guys today about that good news that changed absolutely everything. It changed the course of history. I love this church. A lot of you guys are new to our church. You're coming here because it's Christmas. Somebody invited you. We're really, really glad that you guys are here for our church family. I want to let you guys know I love you guys. And if you're new today, I love you too. I don't have to know you to love you. We love people at this church. Our goal at our church is to love people. And it's really that simple. And um, how do we do that? We love them. And what do we do? We love them. So that's our goal of our church, to love people. Um, One of the things that we sought out to do this month is to collect things as a community, as a church, so we can serve the homeless community in the area. And so first week we offer, we asked everyone to bring some toys out and we collected over 50 toys to give away um, to, to kids that are in the area that are homeless they're, they're, or on the verge of homeless or they're coming out of homelessness. And so that was a huge thing. That was an awesome job, 50 toys. And then last week we took, we brought in socks and we brought in over 140 pairs of socks. One of the great, if you ever spend any time with homeless people, <clears throat> can I have them, can you ask them to turn this down some so I, in case I get Pentecostal and want to stream into this thing? Um, I, uh, we asked them to, we asked um, you guys to bring in socks, and we brought in 143 pairs of socks, which is awesome. One of the greatest needs for people who are homeless is, is dry and clean socks, if you've ever spent any time with them. Um, you ever try to give someone, you ever try to give a homeless person something, and they like, they don't really appreciate it? And you don't really know what they need until you begin to spend time with them, begin to love on them and encourage them. So I've spent some time with homeless people, and this area, um, ministry in our area is called Matthew Soap, and so they needed socks. We brought 143 pairs of socks. Last week I asked you guys to check in on your on Facebook and you guys did that because you guys checked in just because of your check-ins alone on Facebook, we were able to buy a thousand bottles of water because of your check-ins here at church. And not only did we bring a thousand, now we went out there today, a lot of you guys have brought water, so we took that a thousand bottles of water and we doubled it. You guys have brought in another thousand bottles of water just this morning. So I mean that's awesome. Fifty, yeah, you can put your hands together. <clears throat> And so here's what we want to do. We want to do it one more time if we can, okay? We're not, it's going to cost you anything. It's, only, it's going to cost the church something. We want to ask you to do one more time. If you could check in one more time this week, we want to do one more round of bottles of water. So for every check-in that happens on Facebook today, we're going to buy another case. The church can buy another case of bottled water um, for the homeless community because they go through a lot. And if you're looking for something to do on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you, you're like, man, I want to see where my water's going or I want to see where my socks are going. You can go to Matthew's Hope. You can get the address from us. You can Google Matthew's Hope. It meets at another church in Winter Garden. You can go and volunteer there. We have people from our church that bring dinners to the homeless people on Tuesday nights and Thursday nights or bring sack lunches. And so we're going to get more involved in 2016. So if you could check in, you could take your phone out. It's okay to bring your phone out in church. Some of you guys are like, well, the church I'm from, we don't do that. You're in a new church. And we're in a school today. And so, um, and we believe at our church, we are the church. We're called to go out and be the church. So this is just a building for us. So if you take your phone out there, it's okay. I'm not going to judge you for taking your phone out. 
Uh, we don't judge anyways. At least we do our best not to. Um, so check in, and we're going to donate a bottle, a case of water, a case of water to every, um, to, to this homeless ministry called Matthew's Hope. The craziest news ever received probably for me was the day I walked into the hospital or walked into the doctor's office to get a sonogram for our third kid. And man, it was the craziest news I ever received. I knew we were having a kid, uh, but my wife kept on saying, man, this feels different. This is different. This is different. So we walked into the doctor that day, and when my, my mom's here today. My mom said, oh, it's different. You're probably having twins. And I'm like, mom, don't wish that upon anybody. What is wrong with you, you know? And apparently she was a prophet because we walked in there today, and the doctor said, how are you feeling? And she, my wife says, I'm feeling different than I've ever felt for the first two kids. This is just different. It feels weird. And so sure enough, we get there, and the, the sonogram text got that thing on there. And I don't even know how that thing works, but apparently it does. Or they're faking us out. But they got that thing on there, and there's one spot. Go again. There's two spots. She moves it to the left. There's three spots in my wife's belly. And I'm like, oh, God, I know you love me. But if you have three kids, I'm going to think that you hate me, you know. <laughs> and so, and you can't hate people. I, can't, I can't hate you, and you can't hate people. So, like, please don't. And so she moved it again, and there was two spots. And so a year and a half ago, we went from two kids to four stinking kids. It was the craziest news that I had ever received. I can imagine being married. I'm going to read to you Luke chapter 2. It's a very popular story in the Bible. We've read it for Christmases for thousands of years. Um, But I think for Mary that day, when Jesus came to Mary and said, Hey, Mary, you're going to carry a baby. And it's going to be the change that the world needs, I'm sure she's like, you've got to be kidding me. So my wife looked at me that day and she's like, are you okay? I'm like, this is awesome. We're having twins. And how many of you know sometimes you got to fake it? You know what I'm saying? And so I'm like, this is exciting. On the inside, I'm like, this is dumb. God, you do hate me. I don't, you shouldn't, no one should have twins. This is impossible. We're going to start this church in a couple of years and we've got two kids and we can't even control the two we got, but you want to give us two more. God, what are you doing? And that that news changed everything. And poor stinking Mary, no epidural, no, that, that was bad enough. No epidural, no hospital room, no doctor, no place to have. The, the, she had the cruddiest place possible to deliver this baby. She walked into a barn. There weren't tons of clean, clean uh, napkins and clean um, and clean towels to wrap the baby. They were, they were getting extra rags that were in the barn that they used to come and wrap this baby with strips of tired and worn out clothing to wrap around this baby. That news changed her life. Could you imagine when she went to her friends and said, hey, I'm having a baby. Why are you? They're probably like, why are you having a baby? It's okay. It was, Jesus gave it to me. What does that mean? Yeah, Jesus, it's weird. It's hard to, it's hard to explain, but Jesus was going to have this kid and and he also told me it was me the savior of the world. And you can you imagine? There's no 30 weeks or 40 weeks. There's no doctor checkup visit. There's none of that. You just walked around until you felt the baby coming out. Awkward. You're like, how far is he going to get into this? I'm done. But you can imagine getting all the way there. And that news, when that baby came, it was coming. It got to the place where they could come. And this baby came out. And she says to her, she says to Joseph there, what in the world are they going to do? Because we know that this son as a temporary gift from God. Because he's only going to be here for a little bit. He's going to be here for 30-something years. He's going to die on the cross first, and he's going to leave again. And, and, and Mary and Joseph knew that. They knew that they were carrying around the Savior of the world. The Savior of the world. The craziest news ever. Hey, I'm pregnant. 
it changed absolutely everything. And it changed the world. It changed the course of the entire world. The song Joy to the World um, that, that, that Morgan Freeman just played for us and plucked out for us, that song Joy to the World was written in the 1700s. And we've looked at songs the last few weeks here. This, that song was written in the 1700s by a guy who was anti the church. And we looked at a song last week that an atheist wrote. And we sing all these songs, hundreds of years old songs, where atheists have written them. Guys that didn't want nothing to do with Jesus, don't even believe there's God, but they wrote songs out of Luke chapter 2. We're singing them hundreds of years later. And so we want to look at this song, Joy to the World, today. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking to you about today, but I want to read to you Luke chapter 2. If you have a phone, you can click over to Luke chapter 2. We're in the New Living Translation. If you don't have a Bible today, we offer free Bibles at our church. You can walk out the door, you can get one. We want you to know what you believe and why you believe it. And the only way for you to do that is read the Bible. We don't want you to come to me every single week or come to this church and say, well, they have all the answers because I'll be honest with you. Here's a secret. Don't tell a lot of people in our gardens. We don't have all the answers. We don't have all the answers. But we know the person who does. And so we tell people every week, you can come to our church. You don't have to believe what we believe to belong here. You can come here for the free hugs, for the free coffee. Next week at 10 o'clock, we're bringing Krispy Kreme in. Um, that's, it's going to be hard for you guys because some of you guys get here right when we start. So if you come at 10 next week, there'll be Krispy Kreme. Here's the good news. If you come late, it's okay because it'll still be there because we're getting one for everyone. So next week when you come at 10 a.m., um, it'll be in the email this week. If you don't get our emails, let us know. It'll be on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. You just follow us, find us, and follow us. And So that's 10 o'clock next week. As we speak today, our kids are having a Christmas party, and uh, they're having a blast over there. They're probably doing the whip and nene as we speak. And so, Luke chapter 2, verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, you're okay. We got it on the screen for you. Luke chapter 2. At the time, at that time, the Roman Empire, Augustus decreed that a census would be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census that was taken since um, Cyrenius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of the king of David, he had to go back to Bethlehem in Judea, um, which is David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He, he took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. She was, it's okay for Jesus to say she was getting fat, but if you tell it to your wife, that's not a good idea. If, you don't, if, you're, not, if you're newly married and you don't have any kids yet, don't tell your wife, hey, you're, look, you're looking like you're about to have the baby. That never goes over well, just from personal experience. Um, I didn't do it for the last two kids because, man, it was just. <laughs> um, twins, twins are a little bit bigger than one baby. Um, he says, man, so she's about to have this baby. She's pregnant and great with child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. The night there, I'm sorry, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were so terrified as we all would be, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Let me read that verse to you one more time. He said to them, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. My, my sermon today or my talk for us today, if you have a worship guide, you can flip it open. If you just write on top of it, joy to the world. Joy to the world. 
And if you're an overachiever and you want to get extra notes, um, extra note credits for heaven, you can write in there, right below Joy to the Word, you can put the Lord has come. The Bible says in that verse right there, it's simple. That's, it's, the, it's the verse I'm going to hang on to for the next 10 minutes. The Bible says this, that this will bring good news that the, this, I'm sorry, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all of the world. Do you find it in our, in our culture today that everyone's looking for joy, but it seems like nobody knows how to find it? Everyone's looking for joy, but it seems like no one knows how to find it. And if you've, been, if you've lived longer than about 25 to 30 years, you realize this. Whenever they find joy, they realize it fails them, and they have to find, go looking for joy all over again. Have you, have you seen that? Or, or, or maybe it's just me. I, was, I hung out with one of my friends um, last night, and we were just hanging out and, and talking about life. And everyone has their way of thinking about how they're going to assume or how they're going to acquire this thing called joy. We, everyone seems to do that. Everyone's out searching for it some sort of way. And so I don't know where you go to find your joy, but if you go in the wrong places, you'll find out that the place that you think that you're going to find joy, you, once you find it, it usually betrays us, and we have to go looking somewhere else. And the Bible says that Jesus come for the weary and the tired people. And you want to know why people are weary and tired? Because we're all running around looking for this thing called joy. We all want it, and it seems as if no one knows how to find it. So I want to offer you today that joy. I want to give you a glimpse into what it looks like with joy. And, I, and here's, what I, here's what I find. And here's, uh, let me go one more setup or one more level deep with this, and then I want to kind of land a plane. I think most people, I believe this, most people, <clears throat> they go looking for joy. And they're like, okay, I'm going to try to find it at church. I'm going to try to find it in this person that we call Jesus. And you know what stops them from getting it? Because I, I believe this. You can write this on your notes. I believe that joy is synonymous with Jesus. I believe that joy, I believe the source of joy is Jesus. I, I just believe that joy is synonymous. Joy comes with Jesus. The Bible tells us that when you become a new creature, that God dumps on joy into your life. And not only does he give you joy, he gives you an, an immense amount of joy. I don't know how many gallons of water are out there today, but I, I told our team, we, we, when we come here in the morning time, we set up this church, and it comes, this church comes in a 25-foot trailer, and we set up all this stuff every single week. And I told our church, I told our, our volunteers today that joy doesn't come from God in a small little sippy cup. My kids walk around with a sippy cup, and they just suck those things down. And my daughter, she's, she came out first. She's a minute older than my son. She usually snatches the other sippy cup, and she walks around double fist in her waters. And she just snatched right from him. She didn't, and he, can't, he just looks at us like, guys, help me out. She's got me by six pounds. I can't beat her up. Can you get my water? Can you guys get my water from her? She's a bully, you know. I think sometimes we think joy comes in a little sippy cup. But really, the joy that God has for you and for me, it comes in the 2,000-plus bottles of water that we have out there. He dumps his joy all over us. But I think so many people, we never ever try the joy from Jesus because we think it's just the joy that's in a sippy cup. And it's so much more. John Piper is a guy I listen to, and he, he equated to this. <clears throat> he equated the joy from Jesus and the, and the satisfaction that we get from knowing Jesus. He equated to this. Uh, have any, has anybody in here ever been to Nairobi, Kenya, or been to Africa, or been to a third world country, anybody like that at all? If you go to a third world country, people that are poor, 
They can't, he talked about how these kids in, in, these, in these small villages, they play with a clump of dirt, a mud pie. They play with it. They can't even imagine what it would be like to vacation on the nicest beaches in the world. And I think that's kind of how we are. We think joy is just a small little lump of clay, and God doesn't have anything to provide. God doesn't have anything to give me. So why would I? We can't even imagine the beautiful beaches that we're just walking around playing with the, the, the lumps of, of, of mud pies. Does that make sense at all to us? We, we just get okay with just the, the okayness or the, the most mundane or the small thing, but God has some this greater thing for us. Did you guys know that Jesus liked to have fun? So I'm like, oh, not, not the church I grew up. Jesus loved to have fun. Did you know this? Jesus liked good food. The best food ever given was, was divided up from a few loaves of fish and a few loaves, a few loaves of bread and a few fish. And Jesus, Jesus loved good food. Didn't you, when you read the Bible, when you follow Jesus around, Jesus always sit with the disciples having a good meal. Did you know this? Jesus liked to rest. How many of you guys are stronger after you rest? We all are. Jesus Christ liked to rest. I have one of my friends, she's like, I like to sleep until about 11 or 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I don't know if Jesus did that, but I think he may have sometimes. But man, that's rest. We could take a note from Jesus. Remember that time where Jesus gets in the, in the boat with his disciples and they're going across the ocean and all the disciples are out there running around, they're worrying. You know where Jesus is at? He's down below deck. He's sleeping. Did you know the world's greatest bottle of wine came from Jesus himself? The greatest bottle ever was made by Jesus. There was water. He turned the wine. And, the, and that day, they would give the best stuff first. And then they would bring, the, after everybody was drunk, they would bring the cheap stuff. Not with Jesus. They had, wa- they had this wine. They were just water. And Jesus' mom came to him and said, Jesus, the wine ran out. And Jesus made the best wine that the people had ever tasted. And they said, man, usually the best stuff they serve first. But you guys have served the best last. Jesus himself wants to bring joy to our life. He had fun. He laughed. And he wants that for you and for me. He wants us to enjoy life. Have you, or do you feel like we're in such a society where it seems like no one enjoys life? I feel like sometimes I spend more time unfollowing people on Facebook. If you're a negative Nancy, I'm just going to unfollow you. Like, I'll be your friend. Don't get me wrong. But I just won't follow you because I like to keep my feed posted with encouraging people. It's like to keep that thing flooded in with encouraging people. If I find someone that's always hating on people, I'm like, you know what? It's not going to work. Unfollow. See ya. Yeah, you know, they won't make a dislike button. I've asked them to, but they won't. And so, but I want you and I to know that joy, it comes from Jesus. If you want to write down this, the greatest gift ever given to us wasn't underneath a tree. It was actually nailed to the tree. Jesus didn't send that baby. God didn't send his son Jesus to come be a cute little baby. I don't even think he was a cute baby, but. He came, he sent that baby so that he would be the savior of the world. So Jesus came as a baby, but he left as a savior. And when he left, he left you and I with joy and peace. The Bible tells us this in John chapter 14, verse 27. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace. And the peace I give you is the gift of the world, is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled and don't be afraid. Do you find it in your life, maybe you or maybe someone that you know, or maybe it is you, do you find yourself looking for joy this season? I'm going to wrap it up right here, invite my friend to come up and play with us. Do you find yourself looking for joy this season? 
I'm glad you chose today to come be in church for an hour. I'm glad you chose that because I know you're getting a break from the hustle and bustle. I know that. Don't get me wrong. I like Christmas. I like to go shopping. I like all those things. But it's nice. Isn't it nice to get a break from all of it? Isn't it nice to not be at the mall right now? I walked into Target last night, and I was going to buy a few things for a family in our, in our community. And I'm like, you know what? It's crazy in here. I'm going to have to settle with the gift card. Because <laughs> I'm like, I can't even go and fight this. I can't even go be part of this. i got to get out of here. Do you find people looking for joy, but they don't know? Is your, maybe you're here today, and you're, it seems like everything around you, your world has crashing down. And the thing that you need is joy. And that joy only comes from a person. And that person, his name is Jesus. Well, we want to offer you that today. We want to offer you an opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus. Because what kind of church would we be if we brought you here today and talked about Christmas? You can go on YouTube and, 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 and look up, Google the video. It's called Plastic Christmas. And we've kind of bought into all these ideas of Christmas that really aren't Christmas. I was talking with a friend of mine today, and I love, if you're, we have, there's that generation that's 80 and 90 years old. They just appreciated everything. They loved everything. They were just valued what they have. And now here we are today. We need so much stuff, don't we? We need, well, I'm going to find stuff to be, to give me joy. Or I need a person to give me joy. And only, if you're looking for joy, there's only one place to find it. And it's, and it's a person. That person, his name is Jesus. And we want you to have that joy this week. We want you to have that joy this year. Can I tell you this? You know one of the other misleading things about Jesus? Some people think this, that whenever I give my life to Jesus, and whenever I follow Jesus... I think sometimes people have bought and have been given this idea, if you follow Jesus, then you're not going to have any more problems. Can I tell you this today? Having Jesus in your life doesn't guarantee you no problems. But you know what it does guarantee you? It guarantees you a person to walk through with you with all those problems. And can I tell you this from my own personal experience? I haven't lived long. Got a long way to go, hopefully. Knock on wood. And um, I want to live the kind of life where I just have... I'm just overwhelmed by God's joy. I'm just overwhelmed by God's joy. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and she said, man, my husband spends so much money. He just spends all of our money. He just, he, she goes, it's so bad that we have two separate bank accounts. He just spends whatever he wants, and I spend and I, whatever I want. I have, you know, I, we just split out all the bills, and he doesn't see my paycheck. I don't see his paycheck. We just, and I was like, oh, man, that's cool. I said, I don't know what that's like. I don't know it's like to have a lot of money. So how do you guys do that? She's explaining to me. And she goes, like, for example, this ring here. This ring was $10,000. And she's like, I wouldn't pay $10,000, but if he wants to buy it, I'm going to take it. <laughs> and I'm like, I think any girl would. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would wear a $10,000 ring. Come on. Um, and she's explaining to me. She goes, but I just, I don't need all this stuff. Do you need all this stuff to make you happy, to give you joy? Or maybe like, I just need, I need people, Wes. If I had a person, a person would make me happy. If I just had a person in my life, then I would have all the joy that I need. And typically only a single person says that. Because when you find out, I've been married for almost 11 years. My wife and I decided about five years ago, we realized, it took us five years to realize this, but man, we can't complete each other. That's only in Jerry Maguire movies. Like we can't, my wife and I, we can't complete each other. Because we're too, sing that song, Shattered, like, 
we're two shattered people. We're two shattered people, so we can't complete each other. We can only complement each other. Only person that can complete me, the only person that can complete you is a person. And his name is Jesus. Maybe it's some substance that you that you like or that you love. Or the excess of it. You're like, oh, that, that helps me feel complete. That runs out. That runs out. Can I tell you this today? From the front row to the back row to Tyler back there. God has enough joy for all of us, and his joy never runs out. We sing that song, your love is deep, your love is wide. It's furious for us. God's love for you is so furious, it's so deep, and so wide. His love never fails. It never runs dry on you. God can dump out joy on everyone here today, and his cup never gets empty. Isn't that something? God's cup will never get empty. He can fill up Fraley's cup and Brooks and Wes's and everyone in this room here today. He can fill up all of your cups in your day. And his cup never, ever, ever, ever gets empty or runs dry. And he wants today to give you joy that only he can give you, that nobody else, no thing can give you. It's only Jesus. You can bow your head and close your eyes and no one's looking around.